Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Uh, oh, so close. Okay, you guys take a seat. Okay, so, everybody give them a big round of applause. Woo! Okay, I'm tired. I think I did a lot more than 50. I was going a lot faster, but I don't know. You guys did a fantastic job. That is the push-up contest. We may try again in a couple of weeks. We'll see. So, Grayson. Grayson, where you at? Be working on that. Sound good? We'll try again in a couple weeks. So, here's what I want to talk to you guys about. I'm not going to talk to you about push-ups all night, I promise. But I am a little tired because I just did 50-some push-ups. So, you know what I mean? I'm a little tired. So we're going to talk about something a little bit different here at Christ Church. And we're not going to be talking about making gains necessarily by making some muscles, although that may come into play a little bit. We're going to be talking about making gains somewhere else. So I want to read you a little scripture from 1 Timothy. So everybody look up to the screen. Scripture is going to be up there, and I'm going to read it to you guys. So everybody listen really close. Woo, I'm tired. Just saying. Okay, 1 Timothy First Timothy says this, it says, rather train yourselves to be godly for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So physical training has some value. Yes, we all agree with that. We all, a lot of us probably play sports. Maybe some of us even do some working out. Who knows? We go to practices, we go to games. We even maybe train our bodies to do some pretty cool stuff, like dancing or playing, a, or playing an instrument or something along those lines. Who here practices something? Who here does that? A lot of us. A lot of us train our bodies. A lot of us train our bodies in different ways. But I want to talk about training in something else. Godliness is huge. And the godliness that I want to talk about this semester is a word called discipleship. Anybody ever heard of discipleship before? Well, let's, let's talk about it. So we got discipleship. That's a pretty big word. Let's break that down a little bit. If you take off the ending, we are left with the word disciple. So to your neighbor, I want you to tell your neighbor what you think disciple means. Ready? Go. Okay, good, good, good. Eyes up here. Eyes up here. Voices off. Eyes up here. Voices off. So, disciple, you talked about it a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. Think about this in your head. Think about this in your head. What did Jesus have 12 of? Anybody know? What did Jesus have 12 of? Okay, everybody on the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. Oh, okay. So, we know disciples in the Bible somewhere. Well, guess what a disciple is? When Jesus went up to those 12 guys, he told them this. He said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. So we know a disciple is someone who follows after something or someone, okay? Because he told the 12 disciples to come and follow him. So a disciple is someone who's following after someone else, okay? Hmm. So not only are they following, what did those 12 disciples spend three years doing? From What did they take away from Jesus? Anybody know? What did they, t- they spent three years learning from Jesus. 
They spent three years learning everything that Jesus did. And Jesus did some pretty cool things, right? Yeah? He healed a lot of people. He healed a lot of people. He, he talked a lot about some really cool things about the kingdom of God. He told you guys how you can be saved. And he did something really cool. He even died on the cross for our sins. Jesus is a pretty cool guy. A guy worth following. What do you say? Yeah, and we're learning from. So a disciple is someone who follows somewhere else, and it's also someone who is learning from that person. So here's what I want to talk about this whole semester. I'm going to give you a little preview, and you probably saw it a little bit in that video. We have four different phases of discipleship, four different phases of discipleship, and we are going to use some illustrations. So you probably noticed a couch up here. We have a couch up here, and it's awesome. I love this couch. In fact, it was in my house for a really long time. And before that, it was in my mother and father-in-law's house for a really long time. So it's really comfy. It's super awesome. The first phase of discipleship, the first phase of discipleship is the couch potato. Okay? And if you get your card out, I'm going to tell you something that you can write down. The first phase is a couch potato. And the couch potato represents someone who is a non-believer, someone who doesn't believe in Jesus. Maybe it's someone who doesn't know about Jesus, or maybe they just don't care, okay? They may just not care about him, or they don't even know. So on your cards, write that down. A couch potato is a non-believer. A couch potato is a non-believer. This couch represents people who don't know Jesus or don't care. The couch is super comfortable, Okay. The couch is super comfortable, and the couch represents the temptations of life, okay? This couch is something that I want to come sit down. Maybe I even want to lay down. Maybe, maybe I just want to spend all my time on this couch because I don't want to get up. Because getting up is way too hard, okay? And sometimes following Jesus is pretty hard. And that's why this couch represents those who are non-believers in Jesus, okay? Because it is so much easier to just sit here relax, and do nothing. You guys like to sit on a couch, right? Maybe you like to sit on a favorite chair at home. Maybe there's that special chair that no one can sit on except for your parents. I don't know what it is, but this is super comfortable. That's first phase. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. Second phase in the discipleship process is this little seat. I don't know if you notice, but this chair looks a lot like the chairs you're sitting in. It is the chair. Good job. You guys did awesome. This chair represents the gym member, okay? And a gym member, a gym member is someone who just attends church, okay? It's the beginning steps, the beginning process of becoming a disciple of Christ, okay? So we got, we got the couch potato, right? And they don't know who Jesus is. The step from here to here is Jesus saving you, okay? This is someone who knows who Jesus is. This is someone who goes to church. Oh, where are you guys? You're at church right now. I was talking to everybody. I wasn't talking to some random person over there. You guys are coming to church right now. A lot of you probably know who Jesus is, and that's awesome. This is the person who comes to church, who's heard about Jesus, and who's excited um, to hear about, more about him. But maybe, maybe this person is just cool with sitting in this chair, okay? They don't necessarily want to make it all the way over there to the next chair, they're just cool sitting here. And that's okay for a little while, but our goal in the discipleship process is moving from seat to seat to seat. So chair two, chair two right here, the gym member, 
someone who's okay with just going to the gym and maybe doing a little bit of uh, lifting or maybe going to practice and doing the bare minimum, that's, that's the church attender. They're just cool coming to church and maybe not doing much more. But it's okay. This is a starting process, and that's great. Let me introduce you to chair three. It's pretty cool. I like chair three. Um, this is a bench press, and it's a great place to sit. And chair three represents the athlete. So some of you guys are athletes, and maybe some of you play sports. But this could represent a lot of different things. Maybe you guys are in the, uh, in the band and play an instrument. Maybe you dance or all those things that I was talking about. Maybe you guys are a part of something like that. This is someone who's getting in the game, okay, who's putting work in, who's practicing, um, who's working really, really hard to get better where they are. So the athlete represents the kingdom worker. The athlete represents the kingdom worker. Someone who doesn't just go to church, they are actively involved in what Jesus is doing. Actively involved in what Jesus is doing. Which means they're spending time in the Bible. They're praying. They're going and serving other people at school. They're serving their family at home. They love Jesus and they're excited. They're excited to serve him. Everything that Jesus talked about and everything that he told his disciples, everything that you read in the Bible, the, those first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tells about Jesus' life, those are the things that Jesus is calling the athlete to do, the kingdom worker. It's a big step from chair two to chair three. Big, big step. But it's a, it's a step that we all have to take to come sit in this chair and to tell and to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Then you look over here, and you're like, I thought you said there were four chairs. Well, the last phase in the discipleship process doesn't need a chair. Because the last one is called the trainer. And the trainer is a step above an athlete because they are going out and training other people about who Jesus is. We call them the disciple maker, Okay. So we have discipleship, and we maybe started discipleship right here, and we walked over here to this stage. But then our goal is to become a trainer ourselves, to train other people about who Jesus is. You know what that means? Going out and telling other people about Jesus, right? Telling other people about Jesus. And then walking over here, if they're sitting on the couch and saying, hey, come on, let's go. I want to I introduce you to a friend I know, and that's Jesus Christ. And I want you to start coming to church with me. I want you to learn about who Jesus is, and I want you to be baptized in his name so that you can, uh, so you can be a follower of him, so that you can be, become a disciple. And then that trainer walks them all the way over here, and they're going to help them do kingdom work. They're going to help them pray. They're going to help them read the Bible. They're going to help them serve. A trainer walks alongside, along, alongside other people and trains them up. And what's cool is you guys are surrounded by trainers. If you look around, there's adult leaders around here who are here tonight to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. That's how we're going to make gains. I want you guys to listen to them. I want you guys um, to, really, to really hear what they're trying to tell you in connection groups. I want you to come to church every Wednesday. I want you to come to core class on Sundays because I want you guys to know about who Jesus is. And I want you guys to become trainers so that you can tell other people about Jesus is because our Jesus is pretty awesome. You know what our Jesus did? You know what our Jesus did? He died on the cross for your sins. You're exactly right. And that may, that may sound kind of weird. You know, that may not even sound like a huge deal. But it is. It is a huge deal. Because that is what saves you from the sins that kept you on this couch. 
That is what saves you from the sins that kept you on this couch. He's the one that gets you off of the couch. And we're going to be talking a lot about that in the next couple weeks because I want you to know how important that is. At church, when you guys come to church, we do some things, we do something that's pretty awesome. Something that I love to be a part of. And maybe, maybe some of you have even done this yourselves. Or maybe you've seen your parents do it um, in big church on Sunday mornings. But there's this thing called communion. I don't know if you know what that is or not. Uh, but communion's awesome. Okay? Communion is where we get to, where we get to partake in something um, that represents Jesus dying on the cross for our, for our sins. And every time we take communion, we need to remember what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, we need to remember what Jesus did on the cross. In communion, um, which we're going to do it every week this semester, because I always, always want you to remember what Jesus did on the cross. When you take communion, you're going to take a little piece of bread. You know what that bread represents? It represents Jesus' body that was broken for you. The body that was, um, that was put up on the cross and died for you. And then there's the juice, and the juice represents his blood represents the blood that was shed for you so that you could get off the couch. So that you would no longer live um, in sin and that you could become a disciple of his. And so tonight, if you know who Jesus is and if you, if you proclaim him, if you tell everybody you know that he is your king and he is your savior, I want you to get an opportunity to take communion with, him, with, with all of us together. Okay, so if you believe in Jesus and you'd say, man, he is my savior and I want to follow him for the rest of my life, then you guys, I want you to be a part of communion, okay? And during this next song, during this next song, there are four tables in the corners of the room, okay? Four tables in the corners of the room, okay? And at those tables, there is a cup of juice and a basket of bread. And we're going to do this a little bit differently than maybe you've seen before. But what you do is you, you grab a little piece of bread you dip it in the juice, and then you eat it, okay? Grab a little piece of bread, just dip the tip of that bread in the juice, and then you eat it. We are going to do this each and every week. And whenever you guys are doing this, listen, shh, listen, listen close. Whenever you guys do this, every week, I want you to remember what Jesus did for you on the cross. And if you don't, if you don't exactly understand that, that's okay. We're going to talk about it this semester, so don't worry about that. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to be awesome. So during this next song, you can go over there, take, that, take communion, or, I don't know if you noticed, but back here, some of you sixth graders, we have a, a place called the Impact Station, okay? And that, I want to, is to be a place of prayer. So if, if you have a prayer request or you just want to be prayed for, um, there will be some leaders over there that, might, that can pray for you. And you guys can write a little prayer request out and throw it in the box. So if you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to take communion yet, go over there, write a prayer out to God. Tell him what you're feeling. Tell him what you're thinking. That sound good, y'all? Yeah. So we're going to take communion the whole time during this next song so you don't have to rush over there. But listen, I don't want it to be a time where it's about you. I want it to be a time about God. So be very, very respectful. Be very, very respectful, okay? Walk over there. Take your communion. Think about what Jesus did for you on the cross. And let's sing together. Let me pray. Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for your love and for your grace. And I thank you that you have allowed us to become disciples of you. Lord, I thank you for these students. 
I pray, Lord, that they know who you are, they, they hear your voice, and that they respond to your call, that they become your disciples, that they learn from you, and that they follow you. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.